sky. Okay. There's two gear vachamim. A little bit more to go in this. I mean, a lot, a lot more to go. Because I want to spend some time, Mitchell, next week, talking about this in the context of marriage also. It's important. I'm going to be discussing that with, with the women tonight, the Mitzvah that's what we spoke about at the end. That Rachmim, unlike Ahava, Rachmim is Rachmim is living the other person. Ahava is something which we indulge in for ourselves. It's beautiful. But Rachmim is living the other person. And therefore, as parents, we ourselves mature from that state of self-indulgent ahava. Oh, he's so cute! He's so cute! And what that what that child does for us, which we learned, is referred to in Chassidus as chasadim mechusim. It's chesed, but it's chesed that is covered. It's not chesed. Ahava is not chesed that is redeemed. Redeemed chesed means when that chesed is focused and the love is focused and adjusted to apply specifically to that child and what that child is going through at that time in his life. The reason that I use the word redeemed, it's not my, it's not my um, chiddush to use that word, that's the Navi Yishayot uses that, and we're going to be talking about that much more in the Shmuz about marriage next week, which is connected to husband and wife raising raising the children together. But the Pasig is in the 29th parak of Yishayot. I mentioned it, I just quickly mentioned it last week, where the Navi says, Beis Yaakov Ashapoda as Avraham. Beis Yaakov, somehow Yaakov, the Enochal, the grandson, Yaakov, has the ability to redeem, to be paida, to redeem Avram. And the Alter Rebbe explains in Perak Memhei that Rachamim, which is Yaakov, Yaakov is Rachamim, that Yaakov, Rachamim, has the ability to repair, to refine, to adjust the Midah of Avram. Avram is abstract love. It's love without borders, without control. It's love that can kill. With Avram Avinu it didn't. With Yishmael it did. Yishmael also. It's the Psolas, if we learn this hundreds of times. Unrestrained and unrefined and unredeemed love can kill. In the case of the Ishmael, it means kill, to kill with, with axes and with guns and so on. In the case of parents, there are other ways that a child is killed. Not chalila in such a way, but in different ways that a child can be killed. Beis Yaakov Shepodas Avra means that when the parents are able to mature from an abstract feeling of love, of how good this kid makes me feel, 
how proud I am of this kid, which of course works when the kid is cute and the kid is behaving. <coughs> and to be Megala, to reveal inside themselves, the parents, an understanding of the child, a deep kasha, not to run away when the child is no longer acting in a way that is cute and sometimes normal, not acting normal. Even if the child is acting angry and hateful and rebellious. The parents are elevated through Rachim to a state of Vahavascha Altosimimanulamim. Or if you like the Nusahari, Vahavascha Loisosimimanulamim, which means that the love, the Ahava, the love, never ever leaves the child. The child feels that Ahava. Because the love is a, a love that has been redeemed through the Midah of Rachmim. And we learned at the end last week that Rachmim is hard. I'm going to talk about this tonight with the women. And next week we'll get more into this in the context of marriage. Because Rachmim, on the most basic level, begins with having Rachmanus on oneself. We spoke about this a little bit last week. Being hypothetic are you? That here I am coming down on the kid and I'm judging my son. Ki'ilu. He's some sort of a rosh, and I myself am so, am so completely far away from the person that I could be and that I should be. And ain umlal gadomi many. There's nobody more pathetic than me. Than me. And, and my own faults, my own my own shortcomings. And when a person. When a person is rachmim on himself, which the tiny talks about on the nefesh elokis, that the shechina kedoshah, that a person in his averus drags the shechina into the dirt, into the mud. How could we be angry at our children when we think of what we do to the shechina that's within us? And by having to begin with rachmanus on ourselves and recognizing the rachmanus of who we are, to be able to look at the, look at our boys in a different way through the eyes of Rachman, where the love is not just when it suits me and it fits me, when he pleases me, but the love is one of Kesha, of a bris, of Nermanus, of faithfulness, of attachment. The Eshubamai, whether my kid goes to fire, my kid goes to water, whatever he's going through, I'm here for him. And not just in a figurative sense, a nice sense to put in some parenting book, on the deepest, deepest love. You know that the Gemara says in Tanis that Yaakov vino lo meis. And even the Gemara has a kasha. The kasha is a mitzvah. The Gemara has the kasha. Soft to Savdaya. They say out of spite of him. Chantai. They made. They they were embalming him. So Mazar b'chaim, Afu b'chaim. The Gemara is in Tanis. But you know that on a deeper level, Yaakov vino lo meis. That Yaakov never died. On a deeper level, it means that the midah of Rachmim never dies. It always works. <coughs> Avram Avinu, the Midah of Ahava, doesn't say Avram Avinu Lameis. doesn't say anywhere. There's no such thing. Avram Avinu Lameis. <coughs> it doesn't say. It says Avram Avinu is Mace. Miyakvinu mean, also died. The Gemara is telling us, it's talking about something deeper. Mazaro Bechayim. His children are alive. Avhu <coughs> Bechayim. Because the Midah of Yaakov, which is the Midah of Emes, Emes is something which is forever. The Varachim al Emes, the Kayim Laad, 
emes is la'ad because it's emes. Ahava. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You know, like the uh, it's a famous thing that the, when the Satmarov came first to America. The older people who remember this that there used to be these bosakasha, they weren't really so kosher these butcher shops. So the Satmarov saw such a sign that it was neon lights, it was flashing on and off. And someone says, I'm all kosher, I'm all nitka. It's sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Sometimes kosher, sometimes not kosher. A half is like that. I'm all kosher, I'm all nitka. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Yaakovina loimais. Always works. That doesn't mean always works, doesn't mean it gets the results that you want at that moment. We'll talk about that in a second. Sorry? Emes and Rachman. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about this. Talk about this. Hold on a few minutes. We'll talk about that. <coughs> That's the meat of Yaakov. Rachman Teferis is Emes. As I mentioned last week, that Teferis is the meat of Lerapos. Teferis is the Lashon of Rafur. <coughs> now, coming to Emes, how does how how does this work? Lagabe the issue. Let's put this now into a little bit of a practical framework. But the issue that we were talking about a few weeks ago, and it's on everybody's minds, which we call in Hebrew, Yitzivat Gvulim or Gvulot, like boundaries. Boundaries. No, you can't have the phone. You can't go, you can't go with your friends, you know, hiking in the Himalayas on Chalamoyed or something. <laughs> that's what they're coming home with, stuff like this. All my friends are going to the Himalayas on Chalamoyed. So, can't you just go bowling or something? <laughs> There's such exotic ideas that kids have. My father thought that bowling was was mugzam. You know, it was like, why well, can't you just go play in the park? Why do you have to go indoors and, and knock down the thing? Well, so what about boundaries? Again, how do we think of boundaries in the world of Rachman? So I know you're relieved to see in front of you just a nice page of Chumash Rashi. <laughs> Remember that? It's like Chumash Rashi. <laughs> All the stuff on the bottom is, 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 is Targum things, but Chumash Rashi. Except the Shira of Hazina is very hard. And there's a Pasuk here in the Shira that every one of you knows and that you're all familiar with. Let's just, hazard, let's just learn today. Let's just learn today Rashi, Chumash and Rashi. And and then we'll continue on a deeper level next week with with marriage and rachmim and how that affects our children. The pasuk says Hashem Yisbarach is describing his relationship <coughs> with us, and he's telling us how much he loves us. And pasuk Yudalov so it says Kinesher Yair Kino Al Gaisalov Yirachev, like an eagle that's waking up. The little ones in the nest, al goes alov yirachev that it hovers over the the little ones. Yifrais knof of yikachayu yisayu alavros, so it spreads out its wings to take the to take the uh, the little birds, the babies, and yisayu alavros and carries on on uh, on her wings. So let's learn Rashi, posigid aleph, kinesha yor kinesha yor Rashi uses the word Rachamim over here. 
Kinesha Yoyikino, Nohagon Birachemim Uvechemla. That Hashem treats us, was treating us when He took us out of Mitzrayim. This is how He relates to us in a way of Rachemim and Chemla. Birachemim, with Rachemim and with compassion. Kinesha Hazel, like the eagle. Rachmoni Albanov. Now here Rashi is defining Rachmanis. And the Rachmanis that Hashem has on us, and he's teaching us to think about our little ones. Rachmani Albanov, what does that mean? Veinonichnas Likinoi Pisam. That the eagle does not suddenly jump into the nest. Veinonichnas Likinoi Pisam. The, the eagle gives like a heads up and it uh, makes noises with its wings and so on. Then Elon the Elon between the trees and the bushes, in order to awaken them. Not in a sudden way, not pouncing upon the nest. In order to awaken them, Kadeshia Oirubanov, Vyehebahem Koyach Lakabla. And this way, this way the babies, the children, the little birds will have the Koyach to be Makabel, to be Makabel the eagle, the mother, the father. <coughs> so let, let's pause here for a moment. Rashi's telling us, we're coming back here to the word Na'ar that we began with months ago. And that the word nar is the word la'orer. This taruv is confusion, la'orer, to awaken, to wake up. And the Pasuk is describing how the mother eagle, the father eagle, how it wakes up the, the children. And the way Rashi is describing it is that this takes place in a way of edelkei, adinus, and sensitivity, and gradually, like we learned, Yaakov you know, said to Esav, "Vani es and he said, hayiladim, I am not rushing. I'm going to move at my own pace, according to the pace of the children." So the eagle descends upon the children, also according to their ability to be makabel. That's what Rashi is saying. There's a sensitivity to what the children are able to be makabel. Now, what Rashi is telling us is that in order to wake up children, you need to use Midas Arachman. That's what the that's what Rashi is saying. In order to wake up children, Noagyom Birachman with a Chemlo, Kinesha Azer Rachmani Albanov, goes on, Kadesha Yoirubanov, that he has Rachmanis on the little ones. In order to in order to wake them up, it means that the little one is in a state of sleep, and whatever that state of sleep is at, the, at that particular time in the child's life, whether the child is acting out in a horrible way or the child is simply completely completely devoid appears to be devoid of any interest or feelings in the parents and the Yiddishkeit and so on, the child is in a state of sleep. 
Sleep always means, as we've learned so many times, when a person is not active in pursuing the tachas of who he or she is, and is not using his kaiches, her kaiches. So the children or the child is, is asleep at this particular time. And Rashi is saying the way to wake up a sleeping child is with empathy, with rachman. The sugi that we've been learning about. That's the way to wake up a sleeping child. Not by pouncing upon the child. That's a lecture. That's anger. That's not a way to wake up a child who's sleeping. But through Rachimim, in order not to shock, like Rashi is describing, not to shock the child, but according to the according to the matzah that the child is, is in. Now that goes very much against the instincts of the parents. And that's why this is so hard for us. Because when you see a child that is sleeping, literally on Shabbos morning or when it's time for school or whatever, or sleeping through all of high school with the, with the grades and other, and other things, and then as they get a little bit older, it can become more destructive and so on. The instinct of the parent, because of Ahava, because of love, and the parents are always saying, this is only because I love you I'm doing this to you. That's why I'm throwing you out of the house, because I love you. <laughs> that because of the Ahava, the, the instinct of the parent is to shake the child up violently and immediately. It's very hard not to, because you see that your kid is in some self-destructive behavior, whether it's laziness, the child's impulsive, there are all kinds of self-destructive behaviors from the from more innocent and harmless to more scary and destructive. And the parent, because of the ahava that the parent has for the child, the parent wants to suddenly and powerfully and in a way that's with complete finality to take the kid out of that massive of being asleep, to take the child out of that state of sleep. That comes from ahava to shake the kid up, and to wake the kid up. Now you know as an adult that this kid is completely lost in the behind. It's a Irish guy. So you, you, you find out that your 10th grader is, you know, has sent 45,000 text messages to a girl, and you know that this is up. And then the, the bigger the shtiyot is when the kid starts to lecture you about how this is a very serious relationship. It's not like other relationships. You know. So you say, what are you out of your mind? You're 14 years old. This is stupid. This, this is nothing. So you say, no, maybe. So the kid says, no, there have been. I know that there, there are such things, but, but Tova and I, you know, this is serious. So you say, like, what do you mean? No, we plan on getting married. You're 14, she's 13. It was just the bar mitzvah, the bar mitzvah, you know, what do you... No, no, we're... we're no, it's, we, know, we know we'll have to wait, like, till we're 17, 18. I'm not making this stuff up. If you haven't heard it, you, you might. <laughs> I'm not giving you a bracha, but... And, and, uh... And then you, then, then, then you... Right, of course, then there's the... Then there's this unbelievable... Um, feeling of 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 uh, the like Magin David Adom Hatzalo, you know, must come into the for the rescue, and it makes sense that 
you have to wake this kid up. He's living in Dinyanis. <coughs> so the instinctive, intuitive thing to do is is to forbid this completely and to give a hatsa'a, you know, a very impressive lecture on the subject of responsibility and maturity and so on and so forth, and you're not at that point in your life. <coughs> and not that, there, of course, there have to be diburim. So there's not, again, it's not hefker. I'm not saying, therefore, you should give him a model tone, so vote in the simcha when you, when you want to make the fart, like, what are you supposed to do? So we all agree that the, that the tachlis is to, to stop this, that this is, this is crazy. And the tachlis is to save the kid, the same way the kid is indulging and in drinking or smoking or d- drugs or whatever. The tachlis, everybody agrees, is to stop the kid. We're only talking about strategy. We're not talking about the tachlis. Everybody agrees on the tachlis. Just like the tachlis in this pasuk is, is to wake the children up. The, the eagle wants to wake the children, wants to get the, the kids out of bed or the nest. The eagle wants that. We're not talking about the tachlis. We're talking about strategy. That's the only discussion here is about strategy. Now, the kid's living in a cholim. And because you love this kid, you want to wake him up from his cholim, from his dream. Now, on the other hand, we're just learning that the that the Rachimim, the Torah is saying that you have to try to see things from the child's perspective. And that's what empathy means, to enter into that child. Ba'ashehusham as a 14, 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, to enter into the mindset and to, the, and to try to see things from the perspective of that immature immature mind <coughs> in a body that's maturing that we spoke about. Now, to find the proper balance is called rachamim. When to, when to set a boundary and to say, such as with a 14-year-old getting into some sort of a serious relationship, when to set a boundary and to say this cannot continue, and how to go about ending something, and stopping something, and when to turn away, and make believe, ki'ilu, you don't notice, ki'ilu, you don't notice, when to give the child some room to find out things on his own or her own, that izun, that balance, is an unbelievable chachma, and it would be very presumptuous and foolish of me to talk about klolim. There are presumptuous and foolish people who write books about these things. And then if you look at the Jewish magazines, you'll see all kinds of fine people setting down like klolim about about setting borders and not setting when and how. There are no klolim in this thing. Every child is different. And the parents are different. And what the kid is doing and who that kid is and what he or she is going through that time in his life. To be able to find that balance. The secret lies in Rashi's next words. So Rashi continues, Yo'ir Kino, Yo'ir Abonav, to wake up the kids, Al Gaizol Yirachef, on the little, on the little birds, Yirachef. Now, we're familiar with the word Merachefes from creation, Merachefes al Pneiman, Yirachef. Creation took place in such a way. Ruch Lukim is Merachefes. We have that in the diving of Hashem Yikip also. Ruch Lukim Merachefes. There's a midah that Hashem has, there's the midah Serachemem, the Midah of Hashem is Ruach HaLukim is Merachefes. That's the Lashon of Yerachef. I think in English they usually translate it as Harvest. I'm not sure. But Merachefes. Ruach HaLukim Merachefes. Creation took place 
That's really what we see at the beginning, how it happened. That Those who learn Kabbalah's from know, Pneumis, you know, that the whole Seder of Timsum, the way that Hashem created the world, is a way of Merachefes. Merachefes. He didn't, he didn't unleash himself. He didn't reveal himself, which is infinite, because that's not something that, that the world can handle. It can't be creation in light of his infinite light. So therefore, of course, there was the Sodat Simpson, which is Vorchel Kimrachefes. And Rashi explains, what does that mean? Look at Rashi, the top line on the left. Rashi says, Eino machbid atzmo aleihem. Eino machbid atzmo aleihem. It doesn't make himself heavy upon them. Eino machbid atzmo aleihem. And what does Mechoyfeif mean? Rashi says, Nogeya ve'eno nogeya. In the Loshon of the Mekubalim, it's called Mati v'lo Mati. Nogeya ve'eno nogeya. It means touching and not touching. It's a very deep Rashi. Every Rashi is. Nogeya ve'eno nogeya. Afakadjbaruchu means the Pasuk Shakailum Tsanuhu Shagi Kaif, but Hashem doesn't come with tremendous strength. When he came to give the Torah, he did it in such a way also that it came not focused and centralized in one powerful thing, and even then we couldn't handle it, it came from different directions. Rashi explains. So what Rashi's revealing to us here is the sod of Nogeya Ve'ena Nogeya, of touching and not touching. Let's translate into what we're learning now. Nogeya means the powerful rotsen that I have to intervene because of my love. I have a powerful, powerful desire to help my kid. That's called Nogeya. Because in Nogeyali, what's Nogeyali more than my own child? So I have a tremendous, tremendous need to wake this kid up right now. To lishanos also from the state of Shina that he's in, from the sleep that he's in, to change him because he's, he's destroying himself. So I have a powerful, powerful need to be nogeya. That means parental, powerful parental intervention. To descend upon the kid. With all of my parental authority and force and so on, that's Nogeya. And it's coming from Ahav. What's Eino Nogeya? Eino Nogeya means the Rotson that I have that also comes from love, redeemed love, the Rotson that I have, or it could still be unredeemed, let me modify this, the Rotson that I have to to leave the child be the way he is right now, to let him be in the place that he's in right now. In other words, this is always I remember growing up, when my father would come even when I was a little boy, my father would, would wake me up always six o'clock in the morning, even on a Sunday, and um, all my friends were getting up at like eight o'clock and nine o'clock. And my father would, would always go to the door, open the door and say, Ya Moida, Bokha Chai Moishli, that's how he would do. 
And when I was also a teenager and I had been out uh, bowling, bowling, or to the movies, you know, triple feature. We had once a triple feature. It was a surprise triple feature. It was a double feature, but then it was a surprise triple feature. I couldn't move my head for, for like the next month. <laughs> because we sat there like in the third row of the movies. I was like this. So, uh, came home like at three in the morning, whatever. And I hit my mother with my mother would call out to him in Hungarian to let him sleep a little bit, you know. Let him, he was out late, let him sleep. And my father would say something back. I don't understand exactly what my father was saying. You know, like stuff like he's not a girl, he's, you know, he's Jewish, things like that. <laughs> and uh, I caught something of it. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but. But he continued on <laughs> with Yamoid. And uh, that's it, early minion, Sunday morning. Yeah. So the 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 uh, there's a desire on the one hand of Nogea, which means Yaamod, must speak. Yaamod, get up. And there's another thing that says let him sleep a little bit more. Let him sleep a little bit more. What Rashi is teaching us is a tremendous, tremendous yisod. That when you love the child, when you love the child, and you desperately want to see him change and grow up, which means nogeya, and you have an urge to intervene, to do something about it. On the other hand, the Eino Nogeya is telling you, Lozum Shlufanavis. Let him sleep a little bit more. He's not ready for this wake-up at the moment. And the way that I'm going to do it now, to descend upon him, by descending upon him, certainly with anger in the wrong way, is going to hurt, it could destroy, and it could be completely counterproductive. So there's a voice inside the father, if he's still in a rational place, that says... Leave him. Not because you don't care, but because there's no tachlis right now. There's no toelis. Obviously, there's some terrible, terrible danger. You have to do whatever you have to do. Even if it means uh, taking him in, in handcuffs not to kill himself. But so we're not talking about that. We're talking about growing up. Growing up. So there is this, on the one hand, there's this, this powerful need to be no gaya. And sometimes there needs to be that in extreme situations. And then there's also Einanagir. What is Rachamim? And how does this tie into the Midah of Yaakov, which is Titan Emes the Yaakov? We'll talk more about that the Frat next week, but a little bit here. What does that mean? Rachamim is the side of Nogeir of Einanagir. Is the side of Nogeir of Mati Vlamati. Everybody agrees that you can't allow the kid to go on sleeping forever. And there's no question that the parents is the parents are chayiv, like the eagle, to wake up the child. There's no question that the parents are chayiv to wake up the child. And there's no question that the child cannot go on like this because it's not going to work out with the yeshiva, thrown out, and it's not going to work out with his social life, and so on and so forth. It's not going to work out with his Yiddish guy. There's no question. The Midah of, of Chesed of Avram Avinu 
that me in, in a parent, especially in the mothers, says almost all the time. That me says almost all of the time. Lolinga. Just let it go. There's often fights between the husbands and wives, between the parents. It's not always this way, but oftentimes the father says, discipline. It's not hefka. What kind of thing is this? How does the kid get away with that? We told him we're gonna. We told him that we're gonna take away this and do that, and we, you know, we made all of these threats and so on and so forth. And then, you know, uh, I heard at the shir, you have to be consistent, and if you tell the kid that, you know, that he has to go to the firing squad, we have to go through with this and so on and so forth. There needs to be consistency, and there's truth to that. And then, on the other hand, the mother bird usually says, "Lo, lo, 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 azavata," you know. Now, the truth is the midas the truth is that that parents have to have rachmanus on their children, and the midas means to be nogeya ve'ena nogeya. And nogeya ve'ena nogeya means whereas gevura, the midah of gevura of Yitzchak, right? The midah of gevura, this screaming, "Shnel, kum, miyad, get up." <coughs> You're ba- stopping a baby. Come, get up. That's the midas agur. On the other hand, on the other hand, the midas achesed is saying, "Okay, everything is fine. As we'll just wait this out." All of chinuch and all of parenting depends upon finding that balance, and there are no klolim in this. Everybody wants to have a club. And I get every week so many calls. Do I give them the phone? Do I not give them the phone? And then, it, it, then they come down in the yeshiva with some like the like they got word from the from some some uh, <coughs> some they got from the, like the the grand puba of the universe sent out a message that any child that gets that gets caught with a phone is going to be executed. I will never ever be allowed to step foot into this yeshiva. And we'll see to it that they'll never get married and so on and so forth. <laughs> So, the, the key to finding in your child, because there's no clown, because sometimes, of course you have to take away the phone, but there are other times that you have to, you have to let the kid find his way and make mistakes and use the phone, depending upon the kid, that time in his life. And that's why institutions are so creates such unbelievable heartache because your kid is plopped into a room with 25 other kids and each one is different. And then, I'm not blaming the schools, they have to come up with some rule. And it could be the half of the kids in the class are ready for that rule. And the other half of the kids are not ready for that rule. And they're all just in one room. And then, of course, then, then the whole game begins of parents covering and having to lie and make up stories and the children having to see their parents cover for them, children lying and parents lying, and the whole game that goes on <coughs> where the boys quickly lose their respect for authority, especially when they know that, that the rebellion themselves have phones, and the principals have phones. Of course, they're mature, and you're not mature enough to use it, even though when you go places, you see these, you see half of these rebellions sitting the whole day playing with their phones also. So the kids learn very quickly to lose respect, because they're, they're being treated in a wholesale way, and every kid is different. Now, as parents, 
we have the responsibility not to create institutions. That's the luxury of having your own home and your own family. If I'd be a principal, and I was a rabbi in the, in the class for many, many years, I, I, I wouldn't have to do it either. I'm not blaming these people. They, they don't know what to do. Things are getting out of control. They got getting out of they got out of control a long time ago. So the, what are you supposed to do? It's, it's not Hefker. But there will always be 12 and a half kids out of the 25 that can handle it, and the 12 and a half that, for them, your mom is killing them. For the 12 and a half that can handle it, yes, Rebbe, yes, more, whatever it is, and everything is fine. You know? But then you got the, the those are the Nishamas of Tikkun, right? And then you have the 12 and a half kids who are the Nishamas of Tahu. And that's, they're not, they're not there. They're just not, they're not able to handle that at that time. So the institution is stuck, and I'm not criticizing, I just, I'm not, I don't know what I would do either. When you have to take care of a building and kids and a school and classrooms and so on. It's, so they try to make different classrooms. So they'll try to make different classes. So they'll assume that, that let's say they'll assume that the uh, Farakwe Bayswater kids, that those are the Shamas of, of Tikkun. <laughs> <laughs> and that Cedar the Woodmere, I mean, if there's somebody from Yulik, I don't know if there's Jew in Yulik, but, but the, if there are children from Cedar and Woodmere, so those are the Shamas of Toh. So we're going to make Tikkun classes and Toho classes. <laughs> so some of the schools have tried that strange procedure. Dividing Tau and Tikkun based upon neighborhoods. Kilo, all the Jews of Tikkun have moved to Bayswater and to Farakaway. Those who are from Bayswater and Farakaway, I lived there for many years in Farakaway, know that there's tons of Tahu in Farakaway, and there's plenty of Tikkun and Tahu in the five towns. They're kids. This is the generation that we're in. And anybody that has a little bit of a head on their shoulders knows that it makes no difference how that, how that kid looks at the present time in his life just because he looks like he's. Tikkun, to be a million miles away from Tikkun, just you, 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 Tikkun doesn't mean you just you get yourself a black uh, jacket and a white shirt. It's a lot harder. It doesn't mean that. What you wear. Mm. So the so there's no cloud of how to do this. But but what we're learning is that Chesed alone, Ahava, that's unredeemed, cannot work. It's, it could be very destructive. It might work, also in a family it could work for one or two of the children, but it could kill the other children. Therefore, you will have, there are families where the parenting method is unrestrained, or they call it unconditional love. So you'll have in that family, let's say there are four kids, so two of the kids come out to be those unbelievable people, and the two of the other kids are like, great people, sweet as they come, but Khalila, Machali, Shabbos, there's all kinds of crazy things with their marriages, all kinds of stuff. So it worked. That unconditional love worked for two of the kids, and it didn't work for the other two kids. So that was your experiment, and, <clears throat> and it worked. And even the ones that worked, they have difficulties with certain boundaries <clears throat> and in their relationships as well, and later in their lives. And the ones for whom it didn't work could, could be very, very much destroyed by it. On the other hand, you have parents where the model is a model of you know, West Point of Gruer, very, very, very strong Gruer, that could work for two of the kids, that could kill two of the kids. The difference is you're not in a building, this is a home. So this it's possible for you to deal, it's not easy, but it's possible for you to deal with each kid according to what he needs. It's a tremendous chachma, it's not intuitive. We usually just are at a loss and we just do stuff that our parents did. Because we just revert back to the 
than what we know. <coughs> so, the Midah of Rachman, of Nagea ve'ena Nagea, is, is that it's, in order to wake up the children, there's no question that you can't leave the child sleeping. Chesed says not to bother him at all. And Gvura says to get up. It's enough being a little child. The meat of, of Beis Yaakov, Shepodas Avraham, is finding that balance. Rachmim is the truth of what that child needs. Not how you feel. It's the truth. It's hearing that child and what that child needs at this time in his life. Sometimes the child needs to be let alone and let him sleep. Sometimes the child needs to get up right now. The sod of Nogeah and Nogeya is to know when to be Nogeya and when not to be Nogeya. Merachefes means not to descend upon the child because of the fierce love that you feel and to do something which could hurt the child, whether in a good way or in a bad way, but it should be measured. This is called Chasodim Megulim, Chesed that is revealed. Chesed that's Megulim doesn't mean that you show more love. Chesed Megulim means that it's Mekuvan. It's purposeful, and it works. Yaakov in So, as far as very much Lamais is concerned, because I can't give more of a uh, practical... Each person is Ilgamar in your own home with your own children. You have to try to figure these things out. And it's hard. <coughs> but when talking to teenagers, and when they get past that time of their lives, most of the time, right, we shouldn't say most of the time, but, in the ch- but with many of the children that have difficulties, certainly it's most of the time, the feeling that they have is that their parents are not listening to them. Then I hear that this is Kiseida that my parents are not listening to me, they don't hear me. That's the way that they put it, they don't hear me. Um, the parents, they say, <clears throat> began the conversation with, we love you, and we, we care about you, and we want things to be good for you. But then the kids generally will say, is that from there, the, the, this like parent-kid conversation usually descends into a lecture where the <coughs> parents, more so the father usually than the mother, sometimes the mother, because it's the meal of guru. So, but, some, but mostly, in reality, it comes out that the father goes into an unbelievable lumness about what all those kids' problems are. Like a tremendous digdukim and diyukim, both bekiyas and bi'iyan. Tremendous bekiyas and tremendous bi'iyan, uh, knowing the kid's faults from the time that he's little, and, and, and understanding the depth and telling the child how I understand you, I understand you. But but when you talk to the when you talk mm-hmm. to the kids, when you talk to the kids, many of the ones, especially especially many of the ones that go that, that, that go off, they're just misyaish of their parents ever getting them. They just have given up hope. Some of them feel that at least with my mother, after this whole thing, really mom doesn't agree with that. But she has to be good because otherwise she'll get it from him. So she just sits there and Kilo, she agrees with daddy, but I know she really doesn't. So that saved a lot of the kids' lives because they know that mommy doesn't really believe in this, this craziness. So they know that the mother really, you know, is there for them and she'll wrap her wings, wings around, uh, around him afterwards and, and she understands him. She really does get him. 
And the knowledge that the kid has that mommy understands me is, is something which keeps a lot of the kids going on despite the fact that they don't want, they, they don't know how to continue. Because their fathers, they feel they're messiahish with their father. And they get those shiurim, those, those lectures. <coughs> and, every, and, and, and they become unbelievably cynical, the kids, because every time their father says, you know, there's no one in the world that loves me more than you, it's like another knife in the kid's stomach. <clears throat> like going back to Moshe Lipsasa, that if you love me, then how can we don't know what's hurting me? So then the father will say, ten years later, when the kid's in rehab, then why didn't you tell me? That's the main conversation in rehab. Why didn't you tell me? How come you didn't tell me what was hurting you? I asked you. How come you didn't tell me? The kid doesn't see that as a kasha at all. They just don't see that as a kasha. They think that we have Ruach HaKadosh. It's very disappointing. And we disappoint them. We let them down because we don't have Ruach HaKadosh. It's a big rahmanus on us because we have such big problems in ourselves that we usually judge them based upon our own failures and our determination that my kid's not going to be a failure like me. Not religiously, not in other ways. In school, my kid's not going to be a failure like me. He's going to be good. He's going to be a tzaddik and so on. So then, then later on in rehab, when you tell the kid, how come he didn't say, if you would have told me that you feel that way, I would have, I would have, I would have uh, done something about it. I would have done. The kid, the kid knows that you wouldn't have, mm-hmm. and the kid knows that he was trying to tell you in a thousand different ways what was hurting him, but you had it all. You had him pegged. You had the kid all figured out. You had him touched up from the time that he was little. So he thought he tried to tell you. And even the, even the scary, risky things that he did was his way of trying to tell you. But you just didn't understand them. So now now that he, now when he's in rehab and you're saying, and you're saying, why didn't you tell me? The kid's saying, I was telling you. Every minute I was telling you. What do you think I was talking about? And the father said, no, I needed you for to, I needed you to, to tell me. Rachel B'chaktana. So the kid says, who had a chance to talk? You, you were, you know, lecture number 4,020, 222. You gave me a pisch on to talk. You already touched me up completely. You knew me 100%. Well, I guess you didn't know me. And here we are. <coughs> and here we are. This is the matzah. Here we are. And now there's crying and there's rachmanis. The rachmanis begins when the father says, chatos yavisi pashati. And how many fathers can't do that? Chatos yavisi pashati. I sinned against you. Avalashem manachnu. Vizchanu elach elen avalashamadu. You were crying out to me when you did that, when you did that crazy thing with the car, when you did that, when you did that crazy thing uh, with a girl, whatever it was. You were crying out to me, You remember who that child was? Who am I talking about? What do you think it is? The whole issue of Begama Bish comes from that feeling. I'm crying out, no one listens to me. No one knows what I'm going through. The brothers of Yosef said, He was crying out at Tzadik. Yosef at Tzadik was crying out to us, That's the Rachmanus on ourselves. It's very hard to admit that. So, Mitzvah, <coughs> next week, we're going to talk about that in the context of marriage, and through that, the parenting, and then, uh, after Purim, to get to the actual sugi that, that, we're, that we're in, uh, more in Pratis. Yeah, first of all, pretty nice. Uh, uh, young, 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 young,